Everyone talks about these companies. We talk with them. Welcome to Insider Talks, the show where we interview China-based professionals on hot and thought-provoking topics. Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew David, the founder of Dasher Consulting, and it's podcast,、uh, a new series of podcasts, Insider Talk, where we have the chance to talk to insiders who work within those. Giants、uh, of e-commerce in China, and one of them is the very, very famous Alibaba. And today we are very, very lucky to have Chloe Goncalves with us.、Uh, you are international business development manager among the Alibaba Group, and more specifically, on Tmall Global. And actually, I see on the signature of your email, it's written Tmall dot. HK, and I think that that's a, one of the questions I will have is one dot HK. But to give a perspective to the people who listen to、um, to us and we are new to China,、um, Alibaba is a giant that everyone knows for initially its B two B platform, and then、uh, Alibaba created Taobao, which was like、uh, Le Bon Coin in France or eBay in China in in the, in the West,、uh, a C two C or B two C. Everyone could sell、uh, on this platform. And then creating Tmall,、uh, we and only companies could sell on Tmall. And finally, you didn't have to register a company in China anymore to sell on Tmall. You could use Tmall Global. And here we come. We are going to talk about Tmall Global today. Thanks, Chloe, for being with us.、Um, would you like to add anything about the history of of Tmall Global? No, I think it's a very good、uh, introduction.、Um, you're right that it's Tmall dot HK. So watch HK because actually you don't need to have a Chinese entity. You can have an entity from Hong Kong or from any other countries.、Um, so it's just making business more simpler for foreign brands who want to enter the Chinese market without having to, you know, register the products or,、uh, you know, having a Chinese team, a Chinese bank account, etc., etc. So just making, you know, like commerce easier for foreign brands. From a, a, a newcomer、um, on on the Chinese e-commerce、uh, platforms and e- digital ecosystem, it looks like a bit of an ideal situation. You can sell to this huge market, which is China, 1.4 billion people,、uh, from your own country, from your own place.、Uh, what does what are, what is a deal? What 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 is a contract we need to sign with with Tmall Global? I'm talking about the deposit. I'm talking about commissions. I'm talking about what kind of company can do can can do such such、um, such commercialization on on Tmall Global. Yes. So in order to do business with Timo Global,、uh, you need a TP. So TP is Timo Partner, which are like agencies、um, that can help the brand do all the operations in China. And there are two type of TPs. There are TP service, like an agency that you would pay, you know, every month、uh, to do the operations, or TP distributor that will actually buy the product from the brand and then open the store for the brand and, and manage everything. So basically, it's a really We call it three-parted relationship between the brand Alibaba and the TP. So once we meet with the brand,、uh, according to you know their product, their、um, their their ambitions in China, we would recommend them specific TPs according to their needs. There are TPs、uh, speci- like specified in fashion, some are more for cosmetics, etc. And so once the the brand chooses、uh, their TP, then they can start building their、uh, store on Timo Global. So it goes. Uh, from the product selection,、uh, then you have to open your Alipay account, and then you have to choose a bonded warehouse. 
and then you can put your uh, your product online and in the meantime you have to work with your tp to create an operational plan and a marketing plan so you know how you're going to uh, tell your story in china which product you're going to choose how you're going to prepare for the big festivals uh, that we have in china so that's basically the the steps uh, for a brand to 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 sell to chinese consumers um, i feel a lot of companies want to sell to china uh, and I think you can confirm that. Uh, but what, what kind of uh, financial efforts we need to consider to, to be serious about uh, succeeding on, on Timor Global? Um, I, I know there is a deposit to put um, that actually it's uh, creating trust with uh, the clients in China, and that's the model Taobao and Timor works with in China. Uh, but going with a TP, I mean, that involves a certain level of commitment um, and, and financial uh, involvement. Um, TPs might manage big brands too at the same time. So they want to work with successful uh, um, uh, cases. So what are we talking about for, for a newcomer? Yeah, you're right. So uh, in, in terms of, of financials, I think it really depends on which type of TP you use. If you use a TP service, it means that it's a brand who has to pay all the Timor fees, meaning, you know, we have the security deposit. So it's like a one time either from 50,000 RMB to 300,000 RMB at one time. And then you have the annual fee between 30,000 to 60,000 RMB per year, according to your uh, product category. And then there is a commission fee um, between one to 5%, also based on the product category. So if you have a TP service, it means the brand has to pay all those fees plus the TP fee. So the TP fee, they will charge monthly fee plus a commission. So that's I would say the most expensive uh, like way and then TP distribution in this um, in this model the TP will be the one um, uh, paying all those fees because he will buy the product and then take a margin and then take care of all those fees so let's say for small brands uh, the TP distribution is more interesting because you have less to invest um, and then if you're a big brand and want to manage everything, the TP service is, uh, is the best. Uh, but actually like the TP distribution, you know, um, because it's a lot of uh, investment and risk also for them to take, they will not take like very, very small brands. They want brands who already invested a little bit in the China market, who already did some marketing investment, just to make sure that the brand's actually motivated and that they don't have to do everything. So, um, and then after that, um, we recommend the brand to invest at least 20% of their annual sales target within marketing. Um, so let's say if you are aiming to have 1 million RMB sales, uh, and then you should invest at least 20% of that in marketing per year uh, in order to, you know, um, like make your brand awareness grow in China. So you can invest inside Timor and also outside Timor on social media. When, when you are talking about uh, the fact that uh, a TP distributor is um, um, covering uh, the initial cost, are you talking about also the deposit and, and, and the other elements that needs to be paid to Tmall, or it's only the fact that it doesn't charge uh, the, the, the company? So the, the, the entity who has to pay is the entity who is opening the store. So if it's a TP distributor, they become the entity of the store, so they have to pay. But if the, the brand is opening the store with just a TP service, then they are the one who has to pay. So that's the, the difference. 
So in terms of, of, of also difference between TP distributor and TP service is that when you open with a TP service, you own the store. So you own your IP. So you are more free, in fact, to expand yourself and to change from, an, from a TP to another one. In the other context, uh, you, need, you rely on the initial TP you chose and uh, you might be linked to him for a much longer time. I, am I correct with that? Um, yeah, when you choose DP distributors, usually the contracts are between two to three years, uh, but uh, and it's a bit harder, let's say, to of course um, um, like change this model. I mean, the brand can take over the store, but then it means a lot of paperwork, etc. So yeah, if you're a brand who really wants to control everything from A to Z, and if you have really big ambitions in China and you want uh, you know to create a team, I would advise you to use DP service. But if you're a small brand and you know you 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 don't have time to take care of other markets, you really want someone to take care of everything for you, then the distribution model is a, is the best model. Okay, got it. Um, we mentioned the, the cost of entering the platform itself, uh, the payment to be done to Tmall, and some way we touched a bit uh, on the, the the cost of of the budget required by by your TP. Um, what about warehousing? Uh, that's a big um, uh, topic when we're talking about cross-border. Uh, should people wear, choose a warehouse in Hong Kong and actually store in Hong Kong? Should they uh, store in their own country and ship one by one? And then the delay, the time uh, to deliver would be, would be much longer. What are your best practices to share and what is a typical model you would advise? Sure. So for logistic, um, the the cheapest way, well, we have four types of logistic for cross-border. Either you use bonded warehouse, either you use consolidated shipping, either you use a fulfillment center or you use direct mail. But the easiest and the cheapest way is using bonded warehouse. So bonded warehouse are like warehouses that are based either in China, we have some in Hong Kong as well. Um, and these are the places where um, brands would send their products and uh, Alibaba and the Tsanyao, so Tsanyao is a logistic arm of Alibaba, would take care of uh, all the dédouanement um, in French, so like they would uh, like remove all the, the, sorry. the taxes, the, the... all the taxes and everything. So uh, in, in this type of case, it's very easy. Once, you know, the brand has found their TP and they started the onboarding based on what are their products, what are the locations that are still available, uh, then they can pick which warehouse, bonded warehouses they want to, to select. And then the TP will make some forecasts. So if he, he says, that, okay, for the next three months, I think we're going to sold uh, 30,000 uh, SKUs, uh, then he will make an order to the brand and I will ship it to this selected bonded warehouse and then they would have products, uh, you know, for the next three months. Um, and then they would do this maybe three to four times a year uh, before every big promotions, just to make sure that they actually have products uh, in the bonded warehouse, because then it's very quick you know, to be delivered to Chinese consumers. So from three to four days, maybe so seven days sometime, depending on where, where is it. But once it's in the bonded warehouse, it's very quick. So that's usually how it works. I imagine it would be a bit more costly than the direct mail, for instance. Uh, what what are the uh, parameters to have in mind? Um, would it be in, in, um, in um, uh, square meters you rent? Would it be in uh, volume? What, what do we need to think of? Uh, I, I, I knew uh, Amazon has specific numbers, for instance, but the other way around uh, from China to the West, uh, and they come up with um, 
from specific pricing for the warehousing in China to send, it's fulfilled by Amazon called. I, I believe you have similar, similar offering. Yeah, the, the price uh, of the warehouse, it's depending on how, how many square meters you have and what is the weight of, mm. uh, of your product. So usually they take a fee for like uh, one kilo and then for every extra kilo, you pay maybe two or three RNB more. So it's hard to give you like one price right now, but it really de depends on like uh, the, 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 the weight of the products and how much space you take uh, in the warehouse. And that's the beauty of e-commerce in China. Uh, Logistics is very um, inexpensive, uh, and the quality, as we say in China, is, is 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 very inexpensive. So, if I understand correctly, then if I choose to go to China with a team or global, um, strategically speaking, I should start with the uh, um, the lighter products uh, and the, certainly the most valuable products in order to maximize this this extra cost I might have. Um, yeah, I think it really depends on, on your, your brand strengths and what type of products you have. Um, you know, the, what is really important to understand is that Chinese consumers are very different from the consumers you would have overseas. So I would say the first step is to actually analyze the market and see who would be your consumers. Uh, usually brands realize that consumers they have in Europe, uh, in China, sorry, would be much, much, much younger and they would have different tastes. So sometimes products that are working very well in Europe will not be the best sellers in China. So with your TP, you have to work on, you know, what type of product would fit the Chinese market. And then once you sell them on Timo Global, it's a perfect way to test the market. Um, sometimes I have brands who say, oh yeah, I think this, this product is gonna work really well. But after a few months, I realized that actually the best seller is something completely different. So that's why it's very interesting to use Timo Global because you can test the market, see which product is working really well or not, and identify what are going to be your best-selling product, your hero product, and then maybe register those products in China so you can move them and then open a Tmall store with those best-seller products. So that's really a, the advantage of Tmall Global, being able to, to test the market and it's not working well while well, you don't sell it anymore and you, you replace it with new products. So it's a really good testing. Yeah, the thinking being, being much more market driven to see if you have a market than looking at your cost because when you have a market it can be it can be it can be very sizable in china a niche is very sizable uh in china compared to a niche in in, in europe or in a single country uh, of europe so now we have an understanding of the cost uh how to enter the, the, the marketplace um the the process of of shipping and where, where warehousing i'd like to have your opinion on what kind of brands uh, should go on Timor Global and for what kind of brands you might tell them it's too early or it's not a good fit. Do you have some parameters in mind for people who might listen to us? Uh, they might ask themselves if, it, if it's worth the time to explore this possibility. What kind of brands you want to bring first on Timor Global? Sure. So actually, every category has their own uh, type of needs and, and 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 yeah, needs. So for example, we have cosmetics. I am in charge of mother and baby, etc. So for every category, we know which products are working well, uh, which are some of the new trends, and and which subcategories we are looking for. So for example, for mother and baby, I can tell you that for example, it's very hard for new milk powder brand to enter the market because there is already so much competition. Um, so for us, the key 
growing categories are baby care, mother care, makeup for pregnant women. So based on the data we have on Timo and Timo Global and also Tawa, we can see you know, what subcategories are trendy. And then based on that, I would focus my, my search of brands uh, into these subcategories. But uh, every, we're really open to, to a lot of different brands um, as long as they have a really nice story, um, as long as the products are quite innovative and, um, and that that could fit the, the, the Chinese demand. Um, you said that it's on infant formula. Uh, you said that the, 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 the market was already saturated. That's a very interesting point. Um, what are the, the market you would say are already saturated to start with this one and then to talk about the ones which are still um, uh, um, a, a more closer to a blue ocean, we'd say. Blue ocean when uh, actually the competition is not as intense as a red ocean. So you said infant formula, in, uh, competition is very intense, so you, you might be um, a have to be a stronger company to enter the, the market now. What are the segments you feel within your, your uh, modern baby category do you feel are already a red ocean? Mm, I think the milk powder is definitely the, be the, the biggest one. For the other one, I wouldn't say it's difficult. I mean, depending on the brand, how much you invest in your product, I think any, any of the categories is okay. Um, I think during COVID period, um, you know, the, the best selling categories were definitely um, health, wellness, uh, you know, we've seen the, the, the trend of healthy beauty, so like supplements, probiotic, um, uh, maternity care, um, actually the makeup for pregnant women uh, grown 360% uh, this year. So yeah, because I'm, people are more concerned by the health, they also want to have like better product for their skin, better product for their babies. So um, yeah, I think except nail powder and it's still possible, it's just harder. Uh, any other categories is fine as long as you have a good strategy, as long as you have um, nice products and a nice TP to do all the operations, you can definitely uh, sell well in China. It's very interesting what you say for uh, the, the makeup segment for, for pregnant women, uh, especially with COVID, because the, the, the makeup segment went down actually because people were not using makeup anymore, uh, except, mm -hmm. except for the eyes. Uh, but here you have a very specific segment, and COVID 19 did not last as long in China as in the rest of the world. Uh, do you have other case studies to share, by the way? Uh, successful case studies on, on your segment that entered China, or even specific names of brands that you could share with our audience? Um, yeah, sure. For mother and baby, I have two other cases that are very interesting. First one is uh, Ilado. Uh, it's um, a brand that makes uh, necklaces, bola necklaces, that a pregnant woman can wear. Uh, and then the, the little necklace has like a, a bell that really smoothen um, the, the noise really smoothen the baby and it's like really relaxing the baby and once the baby is born they can still use these necklaces and put it in the in the doll of the baby to uh, to calm them and so this brand they started from scratch with a distributor a few years ago and um, this was a very niche uh, you know product uh, nobody knew about it in china and now more than 40 percent of their annual sales is actually coming from china so it was a really interesting uh, story and, and and the brand is still very uh, shocked of all the numbers because um, they didn't thought they could um, you know work it would work so well um, and then we have another brand minois uh, paris uh, which is a baby care uh, brand 
um, that also sells very well on Timo Global. Um, the packaging of the product is very cute. It's like white, blue, and, and, and pink. Um, the price point is actually quite expensive. It's like almost 300 RMB for like a, a shampoo bottle or, or a baby wash, which is like more than 30 euro. Uh, but actually, um, they, they, they did a lot of uh, uh, incubation, so a lot of marketing in Shahongshu, uh, on Weibo, and all those platforms that uh, young mothers uh, like to, to to read and watch and then thanks to that they really uh, managed to to sell very well uh, in China and, and this year the Bo 11 they did uh, um, more than 220 percent growth compared to last year so it's really encouraging and uh, it's a very good uh, success case uh, for a really small brand um, in in her local country if we dip a bit deeper into one of them, how, how, how would you explain from the start that took off? Uh, is it because they used influencers? I feel when you mentioned Xiaongshu, that could be the case for the second case you mentioned. Uh, for, the, for the first one, was it on itself the product with a, a campaign? Uh, what are the key success factors at, at, the, at the initial stage of the six months or the first year that helped them to take off? Yeah, I think the, the really important point is the content seeding. We call it zhongcai in, in Chinese. It's really, um, you know, putting your brand out there, uh, having a lot of posts on either Taobao, either on Xiaohongshu, it can be on Douyin, on Weibo. The more platform you, you, you put your product there, the more you will have awareness. So we, we call it 360 strategy. You know, the brand has to uh, do marketing and content sending everywhere. And so more people are actually aware of the products and once they hear it on Xiaohongshu and once they, they see a post on even on WeChat then they would go directly to Timo to see if the brand is available so this will bring organic traffic uh, for the brand and those platforms are very great great to work with KOL so you mentioned it I think it's very important to um, to give your, your product to, to KOLs who can give really true um, feelings about the brand and and uh, good advice for, for the consumers. And so one tactic could be to work with big KOLs, but actually now there's a more and more, we call it KOC, so key opinion consumers. Uh, so those um, uh, KOLs are, are way smaller. Maybe they will have 2,000, 5,000 followers, but the followers will actually trust them more uh, because they are quite small and they've been following them for quite a long time. So this also is a very good strategy for smaller brands because it doesn't cost as much as big influencers like Li Jiaqi or Via. Um, so it's really a good opportunity for brands, um, you know, to, to start um, the content seeding and have more awareness. So you mentioned that external platforms to drive traffic to Tmall, which is a conversion platform where the transaction is happening. Um, what, what, what do you um, do you see as limitations uh, now from Tmall Global versus Tmall? Uh, I, I give an example. Uh, we have worked with some, some brands. We have a Tmall mini program inside the Tmall. Can you do that with Tmall Global, for instance? Uh, can you uh, create some followers, a base of followers as well with Tmall Global with your shop as you have on Tmall? Uh, can you do as many things as you would do uh, if you have a company in China and open a Tmall? What, so what are the differences and limitations? Yeah, I mean, uh, whether it's on Tmall Classic or Tmall Global, 
uh, it's the same flagship store. So the flagship store is really your own, it's, it's like your own store where you can personalize everything. You can personalize the look and feel, the banner, the products you put inside. Um, and you're right, you can also follow the store. So it's like if you would like a, a Facebook page and then you would follow the, 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 the news from this page. So consumers, if they like your brand, they can follow you. And then every time you have a new update, every time you do a live streaming of, for example, then they would receive a notification uh, on that. So it's a really good way to, to build your brand and uh, to create a nice interaction with the consumers uh, because also you can create um, a loyalty program both on Timo and Timo Global. Uh, so, you know, once you have a big database of consumers, uh, you can give them specific discounts, you can, uh, they can see new release products earlier, etc. So it's a very powerful platform to, to build your brand and engage uh, with your consumers. So there's not much difference between Timo and Timo Global. Uh, all, the, all the functionalities are the same on those platforms. Okay. Um, I believe one of the uh, difference basically for brands is to understand that it will take more time to deliver the product most of the time. And also it needs to be uh, clearer for, I mean, I wouldn't clearer for the clearance, but it should be a better, a better way to explain the clearance process in terms of taxes, in terms of, 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 of product um, uh, type, because it's not available within the Chinese market. Would you have some advice uh, for some brands who, go through Timor Global in terms of communicating uh, uh, taxes that the end client has to pay or not to pay, uh, the type of product. I'm mentioning that because we work for a client from Australia and they ask us to check the misunderstandings, the pain points, the clients users had when they were going through the checkout process from the Timor Global. And we found out that the taxes were not very clear, the labels were not very clear because it was not in Chinese, it was in English. And, and, and there's a lot of topics actually to go through, the packaging, the product and so on. What, what, what things have you seen that has to be considered quite quickly to be successful um, um, in communicating through your Timo Global to other Chinese audience? Yeah, so what is very interesting on, on Timo Global as well, Timo is that the product pages are very, uh, very long. You can add as much information as you want. And on Timo Global, it's very clear. You can see where is your product right now? Where is it shipping from? So it's actually very clear for the consumers. And they actually, the brand has a choice. Either they pay for the delivery fee and increase the price of the product, or the consumer can pay himself uh, the fees. So that's a choice that the brand can make. Either they cover the cost or they let the consumers cover the cost. So it's very transparent. Um, you know, if the consumer like a product from Australia or from France, they will see whether the brand paid for it or if they pay for it. So that's basically how, how it works. I see. In terms of packaging, should 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 uh, the brand have a, uh, a packaging in Chinese? Uh, is it a necessity uh, or is it a, an advice you would have? Actually, no. For cross-border e-commerce, um, your product has to be exactly like it is from overseas. And actually, the consumers will be very uh, surprised if they found a product in Chinese where they order from Timo Global. Timo Global is really product coming from outside China. So they really want the product to be exactly the same. You need to have the, the, the packaging and the notice in, in Chinese uh, because that's general trade. But for cross-border, you don't have to. So the products are exactly like you would find them in a shopping mall uh, in Europe or Australia. 
Okay, got it. Um, so basically, even for the branding power, it, it, it's good to to keep the package because it it it, yes. it means that it, it's coming from overseas. It's a genuine product. It's the or the original the original product. So exactly, I mean, that's why the consumers come to Timo Global. They really want mm. to find product that they cannot find in China. So that's that's why they use the platform. They they really want to discover new products, things that are trendy from overseas. So that's really why the, the brand has to stick to to their own product. And then if they want to, uh, you know, they've been in China for two three years and want to open a Timo Classic store, then they will have to personalize and, and do the the product uh, packaging in Chinese. I still struggle with. Um the difference between Timo Global and Timo, you say it's the same, but why a company would then decide to create an office in China and go on Timo? I don't see a lot of advantages except maybe to be faster. And instead of being in a free trade zone within China uh, or to be in Hong Kong for the warehousing, uh, that would be actually um, a, a bit quicker. Um, but what would you see? Uh, and as um, an interest or a push to go to, to, to Tmall and to register your company in China, or, or actually there is no, no use of that? Um, so I think it's important to understand that the China journey is a long-term journey. So we advise brands to start with Timo Global because it's a great way to test the market. 80% um, of our brand did their first China entry on the platform. So it's really, you know, the first step into China to test the product, see what's working well. And then second step would be Timo. Uh, and when you work with Timo, you have to register your product. And the main advantages of that is that you, you can actually sell offline. You cannot sell off, uh, offline if you're only on Timo Global. So that's a, a big advantage. You can have an O2O strategy. You can uh, sell your product offline and online as well. So um, it's just uh, adding a sales channel to, to the brand. Um, the more you have uh, Timo stores, the more you can sell your products. And we actually have brands like Chico, uh, which is a modern maybe Italian brand. They actually have seven stores in total. They have three on Timo Global, three on Timo Classic. Um, and why they have so many stores? It's because in Timo, we have a big ecosystem of 700 million um, uh, consumers. So the more you have touch points with your consumer, you, the more you can increase your sales. Uh, so a lot of brands have this type of double store strategy or when more stores um, so they can reach more consumers and each store would have a specific audience according to specific subcategories. So uh, it's definitely a good next step for, for brand if, don't, if they want to grow uh, bigger uh, in China. It's a very good transition to Koala. You're talking about different platforms. You can have different shops um, on the same platform. You can have a Tmall Global and a Tmall uh, mainland uh, to, for the same brand. What about Koala? So Koala is, it was a very large uh, and is very large cross-border e-commerce platform bought by Alibaba two years ago, I think, uh, for very, um, very sizable amount of money uh, as the potential uh, of, the, of the acquisition could, could, um, could um, mean for Alibaba. So what is now Koala with this ecosystem? Is it still an independent platform? Is it actually integrated with Timo Global? Should we consider Koala instead of, uh, of Timo Global? 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good question and uh, it's true that uh, Alibaba bought Kerala uh, a few years ago. Um, so the, 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 the platform is still independent, but we are working uh, closely uh, with them. So meaning if, if a brand is on Timo Global and wants to open a Kaola, then we would uh, you know, direct, direct them directly to the Kaola team and the transition would be much smoother. Um, so the main difference I would say between Timo Global and Timo Kaola um, is that on the consumers on Kaola, they're looking for really the best uh, deals. Uh, so usually the, 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 basket, uh, the basket price is actually higher than on Timo Global. Um, the Kaola consumers are also very young. 60% uh, of them are under 30 years old. And in terms of consumptions, uh, usually they, the, they really like to buy in bulk. Um, so that's why the, the, the basket price is much higher. So they will buy a bulk of a milk powder or bulk of, of specific makeups. Um, so that's basically the, the two different uh, consumers. And again, I think, you know, if you have a store on Timo Global and having one on Tim on Kaola, it's another way to add a sales channel and reach even more consumers. So we definitely uh, encourage it uh, to do so. Yourself, you, you're also pushing some Kaola offers to your clients or that would be an, another team? Um, usually, if brands are uh, on Kaola, they already are Timo Global. Uh, usually, we, we push brands from Timo Global to Kaola because it's okay. a, a new, pro, new platform. And uh, Kaola, they didn't have like foreign BD like us before. So I see. Smaller teams, so um, less brands were aware of the potential of Kaola and they were less aware of the platform. So, yeah, now our goal is to help our Timo Global brand expand uh, to Kaola and, and have a, a more sales, uh, another sales channel there. Are the contract terms um, similar, like uh, the deposit and the commissions and the way of working? Because TP is very TP is for Timor, right, partner? So there was not Kaola uh, TP before. So did, it, does Ali, did Alibaba change the way to work with Kaola? Then you did need to go through a TP. Is it similar or there are different, different elements to consider? Um, so those TPs, we call them Timo Partner, but that, they can actually do everything for the brand. They can also, you know, have them do on Kaola. They will have them, uh, you know, if they want to build a Shahong Shu store, etc. So they do everything. They don't, a brand doesn't need to have a different partner for a different platform. And that's, I think, the, the amazing thing in China is that those TP, they're really aware of all the new trends, all the new platform that they, they will provide a full uh, one big full-time solution uh, for, for the brand. So you don't need to have different type of, part of partners. And in terms of fees, it's very similar to Timo Global. So you also have to, you also have a security deposit, uh, annual fee, commission, um, and, and then the price also of the logistic depending on the, on the, on the model that you choose. So I am a brand, I opened my Timo Global, maybe Macaola. Um, what kind of data can I get uh, from uh, about the market, about, about the clients? And what can I integrate with my existing e-commerce system? Uh, if I want, for instance, to, to push my products from my Shopify to Timor Global or from my Magento to Timor Global, is there solutions here? And what kind of data I can get from my Timor Global? 
so yeah, it's a good question. Um, once you open a Timor Global Store, um, the store owner has access to a dashboard. Um, so this dashboard is, is in Chinese, we don't have an English version yet, uh, but you will have a detailed analysis on your sales, um, you know, on the traffic that you, that you get, on the ROI of all your marketing activities inside Chimel. Uh, you will have insight about your products, uh, about, uh, you know, the logistics, the finance, everything you will have there. And one interesting thing about this platform is that you can also see the performance, um, your performance compared to the average performance of the category and also compared to your competitors. Uh, so it's a very interesting insight uh, for the brand. Uh, so that's what you get directly when you get a Timo store. And then if you want to go a bit further, um, brands can request access to the brand data bank. I don't know if you, if you heard of it, but it's like an online dashboard uh, where brands uh, can really see more detailed information about their product, the product life cycle. Um, so the data bank will really track all the, your success in different campaigns, so like Double Eleven, Super Brand Days. They will also track the live streaming uh, broadcast performance. And then based on that, they will analyze information and uh, they will create some uh, accurate marketing campaign for you to reach uh, Chinese consumers. So Alibaba is a data company. Uh, so there's definitely a lot that can be done uh, for brands um, to, to market to their consumers. If you need to exchange with a client uh, for maybe some delay about the product, for maybe some changes uh, about the product, are you contacting them directly? Do you have the phone number of them? Do you have a way to interact with them? What's the data the brands can get? Um, so usually the, the, the brands get their data from their TP. Uh, we actually ask the brand to ask their TP like a monthly or even weekly reports uh, that, uh, that the TP make and then send to the brand. And then otherwise they also have access to this dashboard uh, for the brand. So I usually have like a, a calls with the brand, especially after big campaigns. We do like a review meeting to see what went Good, what uh, what can be improved, etc. So yeah, I have personal contact with my brands, um, and that's really why it's interesting for for brands. Like they have support, um, uh, they have one BD in charge of their category, so they can always reach out to me, and I can always get information uh, for them. So yeah, it's definitely a good relationship that we have with them in order to accompany them and, and help them through the whole uh, process. I have a question about um, um, potential integration. Uh, do you have any integration with existing solutions from the West that would push uh, the, 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 the products on TMO Global? You know, Lango in, in, in the West, which would help to push products on marketplaces, like to connect Shopify or Magento on TMO. Is it something, you said no with your head in the video. If people are listening to us, they may not see that. So I, I believe it's a no, but is there, um, is there an easy way to push a product or to, or you just have to recreate a shop on Timo Global? Yeah, it's very, uh, I mean, Timo and, and the Alibaba ecosystem is very dependent from any other ecosystem in Europe or anywhere else there. So uh, you have to create a specific shop uh, because your product will be specific as well as we mentioned you know the product will be different in china uh, you won't have the same uh, visuals uh, you won't have the same product description so and that's actually why you need a tp you know those tp they're really specialized 
will know what type of colors, what type of graphics will attract the consumers. They will know what type of boarding will work well for, for China as well. So they will be the one creating all those uh, content uh, and all those product page and all the store for the brand. So no, there is no connection with uh, with a European platform. I see. I see. Yeah, true that there's a TP in between, which is uh, doing all, all this work on inputting the data and uh, giving a push to the data uh, and the product on the platforms. Um, so we went through the, 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 the metrics on how it costs, and we went through a, a few case studies and what to, to do uh, best practices to start. Uh, then I've run my uh, Timor Global for some time and I have to prepare for festivals, double 11, double 12, uh, 618, uh, Super Brand Day maybe, you can participate too. Um, I, I feel that managing and preparing such big festivals from your own country and from very far away from China might create different challenges, different questions. Have you found some topics to, to be prepared for, to, to prepare in advance, to be good at those festivals, which are, which are actually where you can make a big difference in your ear? I mean, I, I, we, saw, we have seen brands that are preparing for those festivals for months, I mean, three months, four months, six months before, and who are spending maybe um, two-thirds of the uh, marketing spending uh, to, for these festivals. So what would be your take on this um, for, for the brands using Timor Global and wanting to catch the festivals in China? Yes, so Double Eleven is definitely a really big festival that the brands cannot miss. Uh, because, but because it's the biggest festival, it also means it's one of the most competitive uh, festival. You know, all the brands are doing the sales on those days. So, um, so in a way, it's a very good opportunity for brands to, aside from great sales, build their brand, uh, but also educate the consumers. Uh, we've seen the, you know, the, the live streaming trend is exploding uh, this year and, and brands do like 24 seven live streaming uh, for, for consumers to connect and interact with the brands. Um, but it's also a very good way to launch uh, new products. Um, this year during Double Eleven, there were 2 million new products that were launched uh, on the platform. So it's a very good way for brands to launch a product, but also do sometimes collaborations uh, and like uh, exclusive um, exclusive partnerships for, for the Double Eleven products. So it's definitely a good opportunity. And usually Double Eleven represents 30 to 40% of the annual sales uh, of the brand. Um, but one thing I would like to, to say, and especially for new brands, is that it's very hard to succeed in your first double eleven if you didn't have or uh, didn't um, participate to a smaller promotion before. And why is that? Is because you know during those big promotion, what is really important is to retarget and reach to your existing consumer base. But if you never join a promotion like 618 or Women's Day or Chinese New Year promotion, it, it's quite hard. You don't have any consumer yet. So because there is so many brands selling during that day, uh, it's going to be even more expensive to, to buy for traffic and, and to get consumers. So my advice for new brands, uh, if it's your first double eleven, is first to prepare and do a really good campaign for a smaller promotion like 618 and I mentioned moments extra. So this will be a good opportunity to build your consumer base. And then once you have double 11 coming, it will be really easier to retarget those consumers and have them uh, be paid and, and buy your product during this period. 
What are the festivals that are less known that Double Eleven that you like that you feel there's an opportunity to to catch uh, TCG or uh, Women's Day? I, I don't know if it's really a festival, by the way. I know there are promotion activities, but it's real festival within the Alibaba ecosystem. Would you share a bit of of some secret festivals that could be caught more easily? Yeah, actually, yeah, it really depends on what is your product category. Uh, but um, I think Women's Day is very interesting if you have beauty products or, you know, products for moms, etc. But then uh, each category is actually creating specific festivals. So you could have a face mask uh, festival, you could have a parents day uh, festival. So, you know, that's why it's very important for the TP to, to, to work well with the category managers in China because based on the demand, they will create, uh, you know, specific uh, promotions uh, to, to, to make those, uh, those new brands uh, well known. So that's a very interesting uh, ways to do so. And actually with Timo Global, they created a, an initiative uh, to help those uh, new brands uh, enter the, the China market. So sometimes they will have campaign on a specific topic and they will have a KOLs and specific hashtags to create the buzz. Um, so this are really interesting uh, initiatives that the brands can join. Uh, usually the category managers will share it uh, in the group. We have a DIN group with all the stakeholders, all the TPs, and they will say, okay, we're launching uh, a meal porter day, or we're launching a makeup day for pregnant women who wants to join and, uh, and please create a specific, uh, specific content and we will create a hashtag and we want to make the buzz. So there's a lot of other opportunities uh, than Double Eleven for the brands to, to, to make sales and participate to campaigns. You are working with uh, brands uh, from 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 Europe, I, I believe, mainly from Europe. Um, what do you feel about the perception of Europe or specific nations within the within the Chinese uh, market? Uh, do you feel it's uh, still a differentiating asset? Because that's a challengeable perspective now. You have very strong Chinese brands now in China. You have Perfect Dairy, for instance, in the makeup. Uh, you would have in skincare, uh, uh, even some Chinese brands would do it good, like Shando and others. So being a foreign brand is not in an edge in itself anymore, a natural edge. You need to maybe do more. What was your perspective on that? Is, is there still an edge to be, to be a European brand, to be a French, Italian brand, uh, initial edge without doing more, much more? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, on Timo Global, we have more than 25,000 brands, but the demand for imported goods is still uh, high. Um, like Timo Global, um, we were up 40% year on year in terms of sales since last quarter. So I think it uh, really shows that there is still a lot of demand. And actually, ch selling to Chinese consumers today is a great way for European brands, for example, to rebound and make up for the losses that they have in their local country. Um, so there's definitely uh, opportunity um, for them. Um, it's true that uh, Chinese brands are, are on the rise and, and we've seen amazing like success stories from, from Chinese brands. Um, but I think, yeah, for, 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 for Western products, um, it's also a good opportunity. I mean, Chinese consumers are very curious. Uh, they follow more and more influencers from overseas, uh, whether they are on Shu or they would even go maybe on YouTube and Instagram. So there's still a strong demand for all those products that they cannot have uh, in China. So that's definitely a good opportunity for, uh, for brands. Um, and actually we're also trying to develop uh, other countries that haven't 
you know, launch on Timo Global yet. So, for example, products from Israel uh, that are very good in cosmetics. Uh, we're trying to have more Nordic countries as well to join. Uh, we did some collaboration with uh, uh, brands in Africa as well. So I think it's also interesting to, to, uh, to give um, consumers in China more perspective about other countries that they might have never visited or that they don't know the products about. So there's uh, definitely a lot of room to grow uh, for import business. That's the thing, actually. Uh, we were very surprised. We work with Uruguay, the, the country in Latin America, and they are very strong in meat. I mean, they own 20% of the market, and uh, that's um, um, they are becoming very dependent to China. So it's key for them to to be very strong and to keep this image of linked to nature and so on. And I believe uh, some countries still have to shape their own image within the Chinese market. There's still things to do. Um, I have a last question. Um, let's say I'm, I'm a brand doing well, Timo Global, I'm ambitious. And I, uh, I hear about TMIC. So to build product with Timo, with Alibaba Group, based on data, and the business case is Shiseido, I think, which built uh, products with uh, the, the, the Hangzhou offices of, of Alibaba. Um, is it something that you saw among your brands doing uh, that you have followed to work with Alibaba on creating new products or adapting their products? Um, so yeah, you, it's a great example. And uh, I mean, the TMIC is a very interesting uh, tool uh, because it really can help the brand like create specific products for China. So you mentioned Shiseido, but one um, one uh, example that I love is actually the the Mars uh, that they created a, a, a spicy. A sneaker uh, for China because I realized that actually people in China were interested in, in, in spicy sneakers, um, you know, the, the bar that you would eat. So uh, I think it's definitely an interesting platform. Usually it is not for new brands. Um, so I don't have yet one of my brands who actually joined the TMIC initiative, but uh, usually yeah, it's for big brands. So we have uh, Mars, we have Unilever uh, who launched a specific line for uh, like polluted, like for against pollution. Uh, there's also L'Oreal who launched a specific line for men's, uh, so men's makeup, men's skincare, because they realized with Timo, uh, um, Timo data that actually there was a lot of demand uh, and a lot of men searching for beauty products. So that's definitely a good opportunity for brands. And again, um, using all the data uh, from, from Alibaba is a really powerful tools uh, for brands to create very specific uh, product that would uh, answer the, the Chinese demand. Thanks, Chloe, for all those learnings. Um, how, if, if, if a brand um, is interested in Timo Global, how they should reach out to you? Um, so yeah, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Chloe Gonzalez. Uh, otherwise, we have a platform, uh, the Merchant Channel. Um, I can send you the link. Maybe you can put it in the podcast uh, bio, but it's definitely a link where it explains all of our business models and you have a contact form where you can write your details and the BD in charge of your subcategory will reach out, reach out to you directly. Thanks again. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you did. And I hope everyone listening to us uh, did enjoy uh, uh, the talk. Thanks, Claire, again. Thank you so much.